You're listening to ZZ Talk, a father-son generational podcast where we talk about entertainment, culture, and a variety of other subjects from the perspectives of both Gen Z and Gen X. I'm Noah. I'm Greg. And this is ZZ Talk. to the show. Today's topic, Superman 2, the 1980 classic. Uh, we talked a little bit about this in our episode a couple weeks ago. When we were ranking sequels, and this was one we wanted to revisit because, Noah, how many years ago did you see it? Last time I saw this, I rented it from a library, so it had to have been at least 19 or 20 years ago. And I would say it was at least a decade for me. It could it could even be that length of time since you saw it, but mm-hmm. this is... Um, this is a movie that was made. We didn't talk about this yesterday. First of all, we want to say that we watched this together uh, yesterday, mm-hmm. and we watched it in how many settings? One sitting. Aren't you impressed? Amazingly, you yep. were up until almost midnight. Uh huh. So it's pretty amazing. You did check twice to see how much time we had left. Well, I mean, come on, isn't that what everyone does? Uh, I'll admit, I've been guilty of doing <laughs> that on uh, one or two movies that we watched. Yeah. So this is the runtime on this is over two hours. Yet I was still able to watch it all in one setting, so that's impressive, I think. Yeah. And um, so the fun thing about Superman 2 from 1980 was that parts of it were filmed when the 1978 original Superman film um, was made. So clearly they knew that Superman was going to be worthy of a sequel, Mm -hmm. um, so that they were um, creating part of the sequel yeah. while they were making the original, which I think is sort of interesting because, you know, up until that point in time, there weren't, maybe that's not fair to say, I was going to say, you know, we're sequel crazy in today's world. But back then, I think maybe the sequels were just becoming a thing. I think you're correct in that because Jaws 2 probably came out the same year as Superman or maybe I was going to say 78. If the original was 75, then... Star Wars didn't have a sequel until 80. 80. 80, I believe. And then... Um, Alien didn't have a sequel until '86. So, right. of the Which major years. of the major franchises mm-hmm. or franchise builders at the time, there weren't really any second installments. So, I feel like this is kind of an early draw to that sort of type of filmmaking. Right. And it's interesting when we think about Avatar and what James Cameron did with mm-hmm. the um, subsequent movies. Mm-hmm. I think we're getting one in December. So. Mm-hmm. He shot three or four of them back to back to back to back. And this one was originally conceived with the first one. So Superman 2, like you said before, was mostly completed by the time that Superman 1 came out. Now, speaking of Avatar, you're, you're excited about those sequels, right? I am not. But I find it interesting that even as early um, as a couple years after the first blockbuster, this was still something that was happening where people were confident enough that it would be a box office success. Mm-hmm. So Richard Donner directed the first one, yeah. but he did not direct the second one. I believe there were some creative disagreements I on think I read that, too. This, that sort of end of it. But overall, this movie is seen as as good or even better than the original. But we're going to talk about that a little bit today. Mm-hmm. So this movie obviously stars uh, Christopher Reeve, Gene Hackman, uh, Ned Beatty. Beatty. Beauty, whatever. <laughs> Jackie Cooper, Sarah Douglas, Margot Kidder, and a variety of other characters. Um, Terrence Stamp is also in this as well. Say, as, Terrence Stamp. as General Zod, and may I say, 
Jor-El in uh, Smallville. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's the voice for the Fortress of Solitude. And if that's not the nerdiest uh, string of words that you've ever heard (laughs) together, then, uh, well, uh, anyway. But, yeah, so, obviously, we're Superman fans. He's easily our favorite DC superhero. And um, we have a lot of love for pretty much every single iteration of Superman on the screen. Which Which is something that not every podcaster would say. Absolutely. I mean, I think we can both agree. You wouldn't even let me watch three. Um, the one with Richard Pryor, Have I you think. Seen it? No, because we watched Superman one, right? Two, and then you said three is so bad, Terrible. that we skip straight to four. Well, speaking of we, different tones, yeah. Like we talked last week mm-hmm. with Raiders and Temple of Doom, completely different. It goes from pseudo serious. I guess these films are serious. I would call them serious. This to one, slapstick, or not slapstick, but with Richard Pryor. Come on. Yeah, I mean, he was the the biggest thing at the time, too, in terms of comedy. So, I mean, I can see why they would have done that. But given that, I feel like this movie did dive a little bit into the slapstick uh, sort of territory. Like a little, you know, a little silly in some areas um, that maybe the first one hadn't been. Well, when we get to spoilers, I look forward to hearing what you think. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, without further ado, um, actually, let me go really quickly into the plot synopsis. So... um, uh, this one, you know, I, I'm not even going to read it off. Uh, so, actually, never mind. Before the destruction of Krypton, the criminals General Zod, Ursa, and Nan, which are the three antagonists, are sentenced to banishment into the Phantom Zone. Years later, the Phantom Zone is shattered near Earth by the shockwave of a hydrogen bomb thrown from Earth by Superman. The three criminals are freed and find themselves with superpowers granted by the yellow light of the sun. After landing on the moon and effortlessly killing a team of astronauts exploring there, they continue towards Earth with plans to conquer the planet. Um, yeah, so pretty interesting premise there, and they set that up uh, very well. But I want to know what you thought of this movie. Well, let me also add, though, too, um, that they are not the only antagonists in this film because this film deftly incorporates Lex Luthor yes. into the um into the story. Into the proceedings, yes. Uh, yeah, he's definitely an, an an antagonist, but he's not the main one. Right. He's uh, he's kind of like a supporting villain. True. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, so his presence is still very much felt there. Um, but what do you think of the movie? Okay, so here's the thing. As you said, Superman is our favorite DC hero. Um, Superman is, period, my favorite superhero. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm going to say I love this film. I love this film. Mm-hmm. I, I pretty much love everything about this film. I think this film is really well paced, yeah. except for one scene that we both agreed last night while we were watching it. It yeah. is way too long mm-hmm. and unnecessarily um, long. But I think the way they created this story was really um, um, efficient, mm-hmm. successful. The way they weaved the um, the villains from Krypton into the storyline, or really, I should say, they're the they're the crux, as you say. They're the main antagonist. Right, right, right. But the way Lex Luthor is utilized in this film, mm-hmm. I think, um, after having been the only, or the main antagonist in the original film, I thought they did a really beautiful job of constructing this film. But I think, overall, this is an excellent sequel. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm going to do it first here and disagree with you. Okay. Uh, so you liked the movie a whole lot. I did. 
Um, I do. I remember. I've seen it a lot. I think some things are better left in memory than uh, revisiting again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't. I don't think this is a terrible movie by any means. Like before, I can acknowledge when it came out mm-hmm. and what technology was available at the time. Mm-hmm. But um, I felt like this movie was oddly paced. Um, it seemed like there were multiple different subplots going on mm-hmm. and some convenient sort of plot devices here and there. Additionally, I thought the movie looked extremely dated, and the action was so incredibly hokey. I thought some of the stuff was done well, but the difference between Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, which came out four years after that, and this movie, is that it's kind of like the modern problem with blockbusters. When you use too much CGI, it really cheapens sort of the effect of the movie, but you can use it more sparingly, and even if it doesn't look that great, it's still going to hold up better. Because overall, we were talking about the alligator scene with the stones falling and the people falling. In Temple of Doom. And that's only one part where you really notice that the effects look dated. For this movie, you can tell it is, you know, 40 years old, in my opinion. 40 What's so interesting years to old. me is I felt like, and I get what you're saying because mm-hmm. there's obviously a lot of... Um, Non-CGI, mm-hmm. right? Uh, because it didn't necessarily exist um, back then. But I thought that visually, Superman 2 aged better than Temple of Doom. It's interesting that you say that because, strangely enough, there are some parts of this movie, like when they're on the moon, that look convincing enough. Uh-huh. They're done pretty well. Pretty well. But all the flying the and flying the scenes, sets right. when... If they're in a hot air balloon, it's just so. And we commented so on that apparent. in real time. Yeah. Yeah. So, I liked this movie for the entertainment value, but ultimately, I thought it dragged in more places than I would have expected. And maybe it was just because my memory was serving me incorrectly. But we didn't see Zod and his gang after they were initially introduced in the beginning for a good while after that. So, um, overall. You would recommend it to... Let's dive into spoilers after this. Overall, you would recommend it to... 100%. Pretty much anybody? Not even a massive superhero fan? Oh, for sure. Okay. Because I feel like one good thing you could say about these movies is that you don't have to be a Marvel super fan or whatever. You just got to like a classic tale of good versus evil. Well, and you know... Yeah. Okay. With that said, let's let's move into spoilers. Okay. Um... I would not recommend this movie to a newcomer. I would only recommend it to a hardcore superhero fan who can watch older movies. Um, but moving into spoilers. Okay. So I thought the best, uh, one of the best parts of the movie was when Zod and his gang were interacting with humans, Planet Houston, and seeing the power that they wielded over... I was over. intentionally not going to say that since I've said it in multiple <laughs> podcasts. Yeah. So thank you. So, you know... It was interesting to see how they saw Earthlings as very weak and powerless and that all they wanted to do was conquer them, right? I win. That was entertaining. I always win. Exactly. All those one-liners, you get a lot of great Terrence Stamp moments. but um, And I thought the Niagara Falls scene was also really well done. Really well I mean, done. It's, it's Really it, good storytelling there. Yeah, I, I'd say so. And it really meaningfully moves along clark and lois's relationship and that's one of the things i did like about this film was that it solidified them as an even more believable couple mm-hmm. um and i i liked how she kind of had her suspicions and i en- i enjoyed how it's kind of stupid right everybody says clark kent 
and Superman, how would you not be able to tell they're the same person, right? But I think it kind of goes to show that it's really in how you carry yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clark is very awkward, mm-hmm. bumbling, you know, polite, but very shy and gentle giant. He's not somebody who would stick out to you necessarily. He's like a good-looking guy, but he obviously covers it up and makes himself more of a small person. But Superman projects confidence, right? Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. Superman for a reason. He's uh, obviously flying around, crazy feats of athleticism, and somebody that people would look up to because you would trust him, right? So I kind of like how, you know, in real life, people would say, hey, that guy's Clark Kent who works for the Daily Planet. But I also like the idea it's in the way you carry yourself, how you present your own identity. And I think that's part of this movie as well, when Clark loses his superpowers mm-hmm. um, and when he becomes a normal human being. It's just like, what would Lois think of him? Mm-hmm. What does she want versus what he wants in that sort of way? So I appreciated that much. I just thought this movie dragged in a lot of places. I thought the action scenes were honestly very, very difficult to get through sometimes because they were good in certain instances, and then they just dragged after that. Like when they were in that small town where they're... In the diner? In the diner and whatnot. It was cool to see um, uh, Ursa Uh just destroy that guy in the arm wrestle. But then they brought the military over, and it just dragged and dragged and dragged. And the news anchor came over, and I just felt like they spent too much time there. And then additionally, I felt like they spent too much time during the big climactic fight where they're blowing those gusts of wind. Well, that's what we agreed was way too long, that whole scene. And with some of the fighting effects, Uh there was this one kick, Uh I believe. uh I know exactly which one you're thinking of. Yeah, and oh my goodness. It's just, I applaud uh, the imaginativeness of filmmakers back then. 1980, Noah. 78, if you're counting on when they filmed it. There you go. But um, that's, but to your point in past movies, you can you can acknowledge you know how important something is, and you know you can like it, but you can also admit when it looks old and it just doesn't hold up to the day and date. And I think sometimes it's easier for me to forgive that mm-hmm. when it's used more sparingly. Mm-hmm. But here, it's just, it feels like a very, very old movie. And I think it just detracts from a better product like Superman Returns or Man of Steel. Okay, so here's the thing. I would say that I have revisited this film far more often than I did Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Right. Consequently, I was less surprised by how um, amateurish some of these scenes Mm -hmm the fight scenes appeared than I was with Temple of Doom. And I know we're not here to compare Temple of Doom and Superman 2, but I think that does have something to do with it. I knew what to expect. Mm -hmm. I have seen this film a lot, and I really, really, really like this film. And I think it's really interesting that you think the pacing is not great, because I think the pacing is, as I said earlier, really strong. There was never a point, remember, I was watching this until 11.40 last night. Uh I haven't been up at 11.40 in years. Right. So to watch a film all the way through says something, especially about the pacing. It felt its runtime to me, and I was ready for it to end Mm -hmm. by the time it did. Also, you know me. I I really don't like the plot where superheroes don't want to be super anymore, have to give up their powers. You know what that is, Noah? Huh? It's a movie trope. Yes, but at the same time... There was no indication that that would happen at any point. Clark ended up 
revealing his identity to Lois, and you're like, oh, great, now they can be together, and he can be Superman, and yeah. she can be the reporter who gets all the exclusives from him. Right. And then she says, I'm going to go slip into something more comfortable in the Fortress of Solitude. And <laughs> and then he goes over... where her luggage was. And then he goes over and talks to a hologram of his mother, and she's like, you have to do this. Yeah. You have to be a normal human. And, and they that's never not, discussed it. That's not really explained why he has to. Yeah, but you know what? It, had we seen the explanation, it would have dragged the film down, I think. It would have just been... So there are certain things... Sure, I get but what it, you're just, saying. it never felt earned, and it never felt like he had to do that in the first place. And you know what? I totally understand what you're saying. I really do. Because you and I looked at each other and were like... Okay, so he and Lois never discuss this. She just she goes to change her clothes, mm-hmm. and we have no idea where those clothes came from. And all of a sudden, he's in the chamber losing his powers. I there was a part of me that wanted her to come out and say, "What are you doing? I only can we love talk you. about this first? I only yeah. love you with your powers. And yeah, without your powers, you're nothing to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, it, it, it's also and honestly he wasn't anything to her because then they go to the diner and he gets beat up. Well, I also felt like even though they had the scene where he basically gets his butt handed to him because he doesn't have his powers. I still felt like it was just inconsequential that he didn't have them for a certain amount of time because he never faced Zod with zero powers, you know? It's just like he had a scene of that. and Completely I Completely fair. And I felt like that was just an extra sort of thing they added in that never had to be in there in the first place. I mean, sure, it led to a great ending scene where he, you know, gave that guy his comeuppance mm-hmm, again. Mm-hmm. But... Which really would Superman do that? No, that's I, what I was right. thinking. I, I was, was like, like we really? love to You're see getting, that. Right. We, <laughs> we love to see that, but Superman doesn't really do that. He doesn't right? get revenge, right? Exactly. Right. Um, but that aside, Jedi. Yeah. That aside, I felt like that's where they could have cut some of the fat of the movie, mm-hmm. and there were it had much more of the Fortress of Solitude than I uh, remember, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I just felt like the best parts of the pacing were when they went from the beginning to essentially Niagara Falls. Oh my gosh, the beginning, the overture, mm-hmm. when they're basically recapping the original Superman film, yeah. is fantastic. Yeah, I thought that was really good. And then it just kind of, there's some good moments, some fun to be had, but it drags in some places, and then you're just kind of like, there's like the prison, when Lex Luthor is in prison, and he's got his um, bumbling sort of sidekick that he leaves over there, who originally... Otis, that baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't remember the hydrogen bomb scene at all in France, either. Um, I had forgotten that that's how the... And that's a pretty long scene, in my opinion. It's not bad, but it's just not... I just thought the story worked. I mean, for me... And, and I there were there were parts of it I was really grateful for. So, for example, when... I mean, you know, that altercation at the diner happens, and then they watch the news, and Clark says, I have to go back. I have to go back. And, and I appreciated the fact that, even though, to your point, he didn't have... Uh, an encounter with Zod that really suggested that mm-hmm. he was as mortal as he mm-hmm. ultimately became. I didn't need that because I needed efficiency. I needed him to go back. And the thing I loved most was he, he went, went straight back. He went straight back. He walked back, right? Um, he walked to the North Pole. Tried to hitchhike, from, right? he, he, went, he went from Metropolis in Kansas to the North Pole on, on foot. Well, you know, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, but then he finds the, the green crystal, and we don't have to watch how he becomes Superman again. Right. And I appreciated that because I didn't care. I didn't want that length of, you know, I, we had to see him be become mortal. Mm-hmm. I don't need to see him go back to being Superman. Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden we're back in the Fortress of Solitude. 
and of course he's reversed it so that mm. if he goes in the chamber, he doesn't lose his powers, but yeah, Ursa, Nan, and Zod do. Yeah, and I thought, okay, good, this is efficient, right? We're not, we're not having to draw things out too much. Yeah. yeah, I mean, at over two hours, we didn't need it to be any longer. Like you said, in all fairness, when he lost his powers, it was maybe twenty-five minutes before he had him back, which is good for me. I, totally agree with you yeah yeah that's one of the best things about this film is it doesn't harp on the fact that he is human right it's like okay clearly bad big mistake somehow or another he's got to get his powers back and i don't care how but he got him back and he took care of the bad guys well zod even said his biggest weakness is that he cares mm-hmm. for the people right. of earth and um but that aside let's talk about some positives okay. at the very least on my a lot end. of positives in this film go I thought they made great usage of different sets. They didn't stay in particular areas for one amount of time. It was always going, you were either at the Daily Planet, you were at Niagara Falls, you were in space, you were on Krypton, you were in the Fortress of Solitude, you were in a diner, you were in the city. Multiple places, so good ways to get good usage. You were in the sky flying very convincingly. (laughs) Good ways to get great uses out of your environment. And also, let me just say... Everything, all the CGI done in space was actually very good. I thought that looked very good for its day. When he threw the hydrogen bomb out there and it freed uh, Zod and all them, I actually thought when they... was very cartoonish. Well, when they were, when they all started flying, but when he went into space, Mm -hmm. I thought that was pretty good. And when they were on the moon, I thought that was a really good effective scene because it shows you that Zod is a villain, but he doesn't just want to, he doesn't want to kill earthlings because he just doesn't like them it's because he just doesn't understand them and he just wants to rule them and conquer them well, because he wants to be wants to show his power right he's an authoritarian all you know all the way through but i i, I would also say that this movie did a great job of solidifying lois and clark mm-hmm. i mean those two actors have great chemistry they have great chemistry well we have to, we have to talk about christopher reeve as Clark and Superman. Yeah, I mean, I think he's the quintessential Superman, and they've done a really good job of getting actors to sort of look like him, mm-hmm. you know, obviously in supporting roles and whatnot, but to me, he is Superman. I'm really glad to hear you say that, because yeah. at, you know, your age, you know, you might think, all right, Henry Cavill is mm-hmm. Superman, and and yeah, he plays Superman reasonably effectively, I would say, and Brandon Routh and, 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 and um, Tom Welling and, and Smallville, but... Um, Christopher Reeve, in my opinion, is, and I think generally it's um, considered that, or conventional wisdom, is that Christopher Reeve is the quintessential Superman. And I think part of that is that he so effectively plays the both, two roles both sides. differently. Yes. Because you don't really get that. You do get that from the Brandon Routh, Routh version in Superman Returns. But, but you don't get that from Henry Cavill, really. No, you don't get it at all. No. And and obviously, the Smallville is the origin story, so you're not going to get that. But I just feel like there's such a good, um, a good difference or a dichotomy between how um, Clark Kent is portrayed. And you've already said this, but mm-hmm. I just want to expand upon it because I just think it, it it's what makes these first two films so good. Yeah. And the whole Superman thing. And I think, as I have said to you, I said to you last night during the film, Margot Kidder, in my opinion, is is and will always be the best Lois Lane. I thought... Um, what Erica Durant. Erica Durant I did too. really, really good. I did too. I did too, in Smallville. Also, the best Luther of all time, Lex Luther, was Alexander Rosenbaum. 
Alexander Rosenbaum. Gene Hackman. All right. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, he was excellent. Yeah. Alexander Rosenbaum. Or Rosenbaum, yeah. Yeah, in Smallville. Yeah. But um, that is, this makes me want to watch Smallville again. But part of me kind of wants to keep that in my memory because if I were to rewatch you, it, uh, it is a CW. It is a CW show. So It would do to you what Superman 2 did to you. Yeah, and this isn't to say I, like, hate this film or just – it just wasn't good at all to me. It's just one of those movies where you acknowledge that it was great for its time. It's an enduring classic in the way that it means a lot to many people. And, I mean, I can see the film's uh, strengths just as much as I can see its flaws. Mm -hmm. It just feels dated. Mm -hmm. Um, It is 42 years old, of course. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that doesn't translate to as fun of a movie the next go-around, right? Mm -hmm. But overall, I have this film to thank for solidifying Superman and the movie and, and, like, the movie popularity aspect of it. Yeah. Who gave us um, Brendan Ralph, uh, Henry Cavill, and every other iteration that we've had sort of leading up to this. And this movie, I think, was probably the last great Superman movie yes, in, I was in this. Just going to say it. And this, in, like, franchise? Or well, this I, in, I would installments? Argue, I would say the that set installments, they yeah. have been working to um, improve upon Superman the origin story and Superman films in general ever since mm-hmm. Superman 1 and 2 and 78 and 80. And I think conventional wisdom is that they have not been able to do so. Um, I, you know, you and I like um, actually both films that have come uh, Superman Returns and uh, Man of Steel. I really liked Superman Returns. I thought Man of Steel yeah. was pretty, pretty good. Pretty uh, yeah. Good. But I would say to you, they can't seem to make a Superman film that is as wildly successful as the Batman films, which there have been like, you know, 40 of them since I've been alive, and Iron Man, and now Thor, and they just, now I know that those are Marvel, well, Batman's not Marvel, but they just can't seem to get it exactly the way the public wants it to be for Superman ever since 1980. Because it's easier to sell somebody who's more human like tony stark yeah a genius making some, or batman training to become it gives them more of a sense of and if superman is all powerful there's only so many things that can harm him how many times can you watch kryptonite take him down exactly yeah also batman had a very long string of successful movie runs after superman with tim burton's uh-huh. and I mean, you know, Christopher Nolan. Right. It had some. It had some duds too, but it had very successful animated series where Mark Hamill mm-hmm. uh, voiced the Joker right. as well. And then Batman has had very successful video game installments. Like, there's just been more successful Batman media mm-hmm. than Superman. I'd say people are willing to give him the same sort of um, look, but Superman also is known for having one of the worst video games of all time in the form of Superman '64. So oh, that I. I know nothing about this. Well, what I'm saying is that fans, when they like a property or franchise, they really want to interact with it, right? Mm-hmm. They want to invest yeah. in it. And so if and you, so Batman has been successful in sort of bridging gaps between films, and then their films are well-received and, and well-constructed. Video games, TV. Then, right, TV, right. I get Superman, it. you have to dig a little bit deeper. Uh-huh. Um, so it's it just kind of is that way. Yeah. Uh, before we go on this, I want to ask you about the kiss, because that was pretty controversial back then. Why? To show him um, kissing because, on screen? No, 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 no. Because it, much like in the first Superman film, the Superman turning the uh, Earth backwards to turn back time that so was he cool. could save Lois that was, cool. was very controversial because people were just oh. like, that, does, that doesn't, that can't happen, which is so ridiculous because people are arguing about 
A flying man. A flying uh, man. Yeah, yeah. Right, from another planet <laughs> yeah. who saves humanity. But there's that. But So there was that. But then in the Superman sequel, that the kiss was controversial because it basically erased Lois's memory. And therefore, the question was, did any of this happen? What do you think of that? Oh, whole wait thing? a second. I didn't catch that. That last scene, they weren't just acting like they didn't know each other because there were people around. Did it actually erase her memory? It erased her memory. She didn't realize that he was Superman. Oh, I completely missed that. Um, <laughs> I'm glad I asked. Yeah, okay. Uh, so, <clears throat> just off the top of my head, no, I think she should have still known that he was Superman. Me too. I'm a big fan of when the superhero divulges to one person, I've said this in another pod, uh-huh. that they are superhero. And, they are super, superhumans. That's me. what happened with Iron Man. Uh-huh. And while the oh, first Iron Man was remember? the very best I think it was better for people to know that he was uh, Tony Stark was Iron Man and was capable uh, of making this type of technology. So, yeah, best I, last line of any film I can recall. Yeah, and one more thing, I am Iron Man. That was the best. Yeah, <laughs> so good. So anyway, uh, but yeah, no. So Clark effectively, or Superman, erased Lois's memory, so she didn't know that Clark was Superman. Did he know when we do that? Yeah. Oh. It, why though? Because she was in such pain. She was just like, I can't sleep. I can't think of anything. Uh, that's right. I have. I, I'll keep your secret, but it's killing me. And you know, the relationship was just sort of, you know. Okay, I guess I missed the context mm-hmm. on that. Um, yeah, I think that. I, I think that the nice thing to do, obviously, is to relieve that pain. Mm-hmm. But it's also the great burden of searching for an answer that you might not want to find, mm-hmm. but still continually looking after it, yeah. which is what she was doing in the first place. And let me also just say, she threw herself in the Niagara Falls River uh, just to try to prove a point on her own hunch that right. he was Superman. Right. So, um, but regardless, you know, it's really up to interpretation. I think it's better that... Um, I think it would have been better if she continued knowing. Hmm. See, I because I like that whole thing, um, I would or- ordinarily say yes. But at the end of the day, I think it's sort of wrapped up. Because the third film was such a departure, and frankly, the fourth film is such a departure as well, hmm. that I thought it wrapped up the sequel nicely. Yeah, I think that's fair. And, I mean, some people might just say that's where they consider the original Superman yeah. movies to end, right. necessarily. I think so. I think and so. Given, I, try to, I try to keep the other two out of my memory. Given how I remember Nuclear Man uh-huh. being in Superman 4, and if I, especially if I rewatched it, I think um, that I, I think that this would have been a nice fitting ending mm-hmm. to maybe a two-part mm-hmm. uh, sort of part of Superman. Yeah. But, um, yeah, overall, I didn't hate it. I How many Zs, Noah? Out of five. Out of five Zs. That is our scale. Two and a half. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Four and a half. Well, good. I love this film. Yeah, you know, I'm glad that we can... Um, <laughs> Usually it's me who's on the low end. Exactly. Most most of the time it's me giving all the praise to a movie, you know, here and there. But um, I, didn't, I didn't think it would be about this one. Yeah. That I no, would, me um, either. I thought you were going to like it more. Yeah, I mean, I certainly enjoyed watching it with you. And uh, it, was good to, it was good to have the experience of watching it yeah. again so that I'd have it fresh in my head. But... Right. You know, something that was more magical when you were four or five is going to look a lot different 20 years later when a thousand movies, when there's been two more Superman editions since mm-hmm, then, mm-hmm. you know? So. All right. Well, there you have it. Superman 2. 
Noah gives it two and a half stars. I'm giving it four and a half. Uh, go check it out. Speaking of check it out, see what I did there? Yeah. Let's move on to check it out. And Noah, you said you have one. So I. The thing is, I forgot it. Okay, though. well, I've got one. For okay, you. all right. Cool. So um, <clears throat> last weekend, I got a push notification from Apple TV Plus, which I almost never watch, and it was for the season three um, premiere of a show that I've never watched or heard of called For All Mankind. So I was intrigued by it because it's sort of a period, uh, it's about the space race, and it's sort of period television like Mm -hmm. Mad Men, 60s. And so I put on the first episode, I was hooked immediately. So we're starting episode four, your mom liked it too, Mm -hmm. so we're going to move through it. And then I was looking at a list of the top, the best TV of the year so far. Mm -hmm. And it's like a countdown, 15, 14, and a lot of the ones I've seen, some of them I vehemently disagree with. Number one. For All Mankind. And I was like, I'd never even heard of this TV show a week ago, and now I'm hooked, and now it's being lauded as the best. It's 100%. Season 3 and 2 are 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Speaking of shows you like, I saw that Abbott Elementary got renewed for Season 2. Well, how could it not? It's the, it is the best television comedy to come along in probably 10 years. Interesting that you say that. Love it. Uh, Love it. Do you think Modern Family preceded it, probably? Or the well, middle? You know how I feel about the middle. <laughs> yeah. If you'd like me to quote every episode, I can start doing that next week. But it's great. Yeah. It is It is the best comedy to come along in a, in a very long time. Good to hear. Good to hear. Um, so my check it out is going to be sort of like a... A PSA? No, it's like a two-part thing. You could consider it a PSA. But uh, if you didn't know already, uh, The Boys Season 3 has dropped on uh, Amazon, but not the full series. They're kind of doing the same thing that they're doing with Stranger Things, where they kind of release a few episodes and do maybe one or uh, one a week after that. And then finally, I think Stranger Things is doing two like hour-long episodes or hour-and-a-half episodes at the end. I've seen it way too long, the episodes. Yeah. And then... Um, so they dropped the first three episodes, and I believe episode five just premiered um, in the past week. And six is supposed to be the most intense episode of The Boys yet. So, and that's saying something because I got through seasons one and two, but I'm mm-hmm. done. And most people who've watched it, uh, the previous two seasons, have probably seen a little bit of it by now. But just in case you forgot, because I know a couple of my friends have, um, check that out. It's on there. Also, some movie news. Check yeah. this out. What you got? So, The Joker 2 has been oh, greenlit. Yeah. You said this earlier. It has been greenlit a for a sequel. little disappointed in the fact that it's been greenlit for a sequel, but go. And it's reportedly supposed to be a musical. And Lady Gaga has, has uh, been rumored to be cast as Harley Quinn. So, however you feel about The Joker 2 being a musical, I mean, you can't say it's not a creative or... Intriguing. Intriguing concept, but even if you disagree with it. Um, That aside, that's uh, my check it out because some fun facts there. Good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. You're smiling. So So, uh, that is our our recap of Superman 2 and our check it out for this week. Noah, we have one more week of sequel month. What you got? We do. So up next, we are doing something that I am pumped for. You just saw As him am I. in a in a very good movie theater experience. We are watching Tom Cruise in yes. Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. Yes, I'm very excited about this. So we heaped a lot of praise on this film in the brief instance where we talked about it a couple weeks ago. Listen to the episode if you haven't yet. 
And uh, let me or just go back and again and listen to it. Let me just say this is one of those action movies that never gets old. Um, it's directed by Brad Bird, who also did The Incredibles. I am so ready for this one. Me too. It was a great choice. So good. I'm really excited about it. Cool. Good. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for listening to another episode of ZZ Talk. We will be ne- back next week with the topics that we discussed. But not in person. We'll be back via Zoom. Not in person. That's correct. And uh, we might be taking the show in um, a different direction with some of our audio quality soon. Yes. We've, soon. We've been having some discussions. Could you, um, could you quantify soon? <sighs> Sometime this Once year. Once you learn how to do it yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that aside, um, we'll, we'll talk about that more later. Okay. But cool. Uh, until then, I'm Noah. I'm Greg. And this it's is Easy Talk. Talk.